Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Church, good to see you. Missed you guys last week. Had to go up to the mountains and make sure the Aspens were doing good. They're, they're doing good. So uh, they said me tell you hi. Come see them. So, uh, but it is good to see you. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to be there. Great couples. Great retreat. Uh, thank you to Michael Carter for stepping in. Michael got the hard part. He got, he got the one another of slander, and I get to come up here and go, encouragement. See? <laughs> He got the raw end of that, so I love him. Should have should have bought two lunches for him or something. So, uh, but uh, encouragement. So, how many in the house like to be encouraged? Amen. I mean, that just can't get enough, can you? That just come on. You miss some encouragement. Don't give me disappointment. Just give me encouragement. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what we love. We love it as individuals. You love it as people. Here's the deal. That's absolutely true. We're gonna go to places where we get encouraged, amen? And we're not gonna go to places that we get discouraged, amen? Is that not true? I mean, if I've got a place that I get encouraged, I'm, I'm, let's go, all right? Got a place that just ain't got nothing good to say to me? I'm like, I ain't going there, Mm-mm. Ain't best ribeye in town, I'm not gonna go, all right? I mean, but, but people like that. So I have a location that I'm not fond of. I don't frequently visit. That's bad on my part. I know I need to go more, but they just don't encourage me. I just don't get any encouragement there, so I don't go. So the location is the dentist. If you're a dentist or a hygienist, I love you. It takes a lot of schooling and a tremendous amount of money, and God be the glory for dentists. I love you. I love you. This is not about you or your profession. I'm just speaking for me, Okay. I don't like the dentist, and I want to I walk you through my problem with the dentist, okay? And it's all about encouragement. If they would just encourage me every once in a while, I'd go back. Just don't encourage me. So I'm not motivated, all right? Got to always find an excuse. So I go to the dentist, walk in, sign the little thing, they tell me hi, Tell them hi. They call me back. And they sit me in the chair. We start talking. Little sweet hygienist comes in. She's awesome. She starts cleaning my teeth. I can pretty much play it in my head. As she's cleaning, she's looking at my teeth, and she's not happy with them. Okay, so she begins to question what I do in life and what, what why I do the things I do. And, and I'm like, okay, you can't move. Got sharp objects all down in your mouth, you know, you're stuck. And then you talk, I'm trying to talk to you, put a thing out. You know, so 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 she says, Jeff, um, can I ask you what you drink? Like when you go out to eat or something, what do you drink? And I said, Well, I I, I predominantly drink three things: water, tea, and coffee. Oh, tea and coffee is bad for your teeth. I'm like, I know. 
I know. They stain your teeth. They stain your teeth, Jeff. I'm like, I know. She said, well, do you drink a lot of those drinks? I said, well, depends on what you call a lot. I said, I drink a lot of tea. She said, well, if you were going out to eat, how many glasses of tea would you have while you're eating? And I said, five or six. Oh, my gosh, five or six. That's a lot. I'm like, sorry, am I kidding? I mean, I wear a waiter out. I mean, I'm like, I have to tip. So, so uh, I should tip, okay? But, but yeah, you, you, you drink more water. It's better for your teeth. I said, I, I know, but it's so boring. Gosh, it's boring. Water's boring, okay? So, so she says, well, what, when you snack in the evenings, do you, do you like to snack? I said, oh, yeah, when I'm watching football, baseball, I got to have some snacks. She said, what kind of snacks do you have? I said, well, I like almonds or nuts. I like popcorn and peanuts. I mean, uh, popcorn and pretzels. Oh, those are the three worst snacks for your teeth. I'm like, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. They're hard, Jeff. I said, I know they're hard. That's why I like them. There's a lot of salt. I said, salt's good for you. You got to sweat. And so, um, so, so she says, well, what about, do you ever eat candy and stuff? I said, well, I don't eat a lot of candy. I said, you know, in the evening, sometimes I'll have, you know, a couple of, you know, things of candy after my snacks. She says, what would those be? I was like, I really don't want to answer this question. <laughs> so she says, what are those? And I said, well, they're um, hot tamales, they're bitter honeys, and milk duds. Oh, those terrible snacks. They pull. You can pull your feelings out. I'm like, you hurt my feelings. I don't have any feelings left. <laughs> so... She says, I said, well, after you eat popcorn, ma'am, if you eat some milk duds and some bit of honey, it pull all them kernels out of your teeth. You don't even need a toothpick. I said, it's awesome. She says, well, that was bad for your teeth. I said, I know. And she goes, well, Jeff, do you know, do you, know you brush too hard? I'm like, she's killing me, man. I'm like, and then she gets done and she says, well, would you like for me to go ahead and schedule you for the next six months? No. No, let me pray about it. No, no, I don't want to come back for this abuse anymore. I mean, there's no encouragement for me at the dentist. I don't care about the smell. It's not pleasant, but it's fine. I don't mind sharp objects. I'm good with that. I don't mind that you make me bleed and tell me it's good for me. I'm good with that too. I just, just encourage me every once in a while. I still got my teeth. Start there. So... I mean, am I alone? I mean, just, I'll go where you encourage me. I mean, I don't like going to places that, like, glad you came. Would you like me to schedule you for your next? No, no, not at all. I don't like Jesus wants me to come to this anymore. He just wants to build me up. You're not building me up. So, so we all have places, and we love to go to those places. So, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, look at the word. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, Encourage one another and build each other up. I'm going to get me a, a sign, take it to my dentist and put that in the waiting room. And so, but no, I'm kidding. But, but we like those places. That's what we are supposed to be. The corporate church and the individual church, God's word tells us we need to encourage and build one another up. Proverbs 18.21 the tongue has the power of life and death. Isn't that amazing? The same tongue that we worship the Lord with, we can, we can cause death on someone with the same tongue. I mean, we can absolutely kill their spirit just by the words we say or the lack thereof. 
I mean, why do I not like going to the dentist? Well, it's death to me. I mean, killing me, all right? Makes my hot tamales taste bad. I mean, it makes everything bad, you know? I don't even like popcorn after I leave the dentist. But, 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 but we like those kind of, we like places like that. We like to be encouraged. We like people to speak life into us, not death into us. And we all know people who, when we get around them, they don't, they don't encourage us. And what you do is you start avoiding those people. And unfortunately, for some of us, it was our home that we grew up in. We didn't get encouraged by certain people. And we avoided them. So I want to look at four areas that we need to learn or we need to be people of encouragement, these areas. Number one, we need to encourage people when they are discouraged. You say, well, that's deep, Jeff. What I'm saying is when people are discouraged, they need a word. They just need a word. Encouragement will give you courage. Encouragement will give you hope. Encouragement will give you emotional strength to somebody who is struggling. God's word says this in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. For in this world you will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have overcome this world. But while we live on this dirt ball, in our little earth suits, it's going to be tough at times. It's going to be hard at times. There's going to be a seasons or seasons of struggle and hard times. And we need people. We need brothers and sisters. We need the church to come up beside us and speak a word of encouragement into us. Because, man, that's what it's going to take for some of us to push through that time. All right? When we're going through difficult times, we are particularly uh, susceptible to thoughts of unbelief. Why is God allowing this to happen? Does he even care? Does he even exist? He said, well, we're lost people shouldn't even say those things. I'm not talking about lost people. I've said across some believers, born again, children of the king. Say, baptize everything that will say to me, where's God? Does he even care? Does he even exist? From believers. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13 says this. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen to me, church. When you're going through a hard time, when you're going through a hard season, when you're going through tough, tough time, if you don't get some people that come up beside you, encourage you, and push you through them, you know what can happen to you even as a believer? You can go back darker and darker into your hole. And you can get hard, and you can get calloused, and you can begin to even doubt God's existence. And you know better. Listen to me. The enemy wants to keep you in that dark location. 
He doesn't want you to get encouraged. He's putting you there. He's allowing it to happen. He's trying to crush you. Crush you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy you. And we as the church have got to recognize and see when people are struggling, and we've got to come up beside of them, and we've got to say, God gave me a word for you. You may be going through this season, but I want you to know your victory's coming. You've got to persevere. You've got to push through. For some of us, that's all we need. We just need somebody to see that. Because if not, we're, we're in danger of being hardened. And when you get hard, you can, become un, you can become an unbeliever. You can see, I don't even see God. I don't even know he's out there. I don't even think he exists. I don't even care anymore. He doesn't care. I don't care. And that's not who you are, naturally. But sin's deceitfulness. And the struggle has caused you to get hard and begins, begins to make you an unbeliever in that area. We've got to have people that turn the light on for us. They got to speak life in us, that speak hope in us, speak courage in us. We got to be people that see people going through hard times and struggles and be able to come up beside them and speak life into them. Number two, we need people in our lives, encourage people when they have become weary in well doing. We need to encourage people who've become weary in well-doing, okay? Encouragement strengthens and reinforces someone who is on the right course. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is a number one area that people miss. You... A lot of times when people are going through a hard time, people will encourage them. But what I have found is this. We need to encourage people that are doing the right thing. Man, listen to me. You know what happens to teenagers a lot of times? Teenagers will be rocking along for a year, two years, three years. They're doing the right thing, man, consistently doing the right thing. And nobody, nobody sees it. Nobody acknowledges it. And they go out there and intentionally do something wrong and make a bad choice so that someone will encourage them. Listen to me. Why do I have to make a bad choice to have somebody recognize me? Why not recognize me when I'm doing the right thing? We need to open our eyes and catch people doing the right thing and encourage them. Some of you have children in your home, 8, 9, 10, 11, 15 years old. Listen to me, dads and moms. You, you, you want to see your kid light up? Don't, don't encourage them and don't try to build them up after they've done bad things. Why don't you catch them doing something really, really good and speaking to them and say, I love you. You're doing a great job. I see what you're doing. I see the pain. I see, I see the perseverance. I see what you're doing. You're, you're, doing, you're a great young man. You're a great young lady. God loves you. I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm clapping every day for you. I mean, you speak life into them with that same tongue. Because listen to me, I, I, I knew a kid that, that, that started messing up, making bad choices. And I said, why are you doing the things you're doing? Because my parents will not even recognize me when I do all the good stuff. Maybe they'll recognize me now that I'm messing up. Because my brother gets all the attention because he, all he does is mess up all the time. I'm doing the right thing and they just ignore me. They look like I'm not even there. Don't let it be said. Don't let that be said. Catch them doing the right thing and praise them for it. And praise them for it. If you're married today, if you're married today, please, for the love of Jesus, catch your spouse doing the right thing 
and praise them. Catch them doing stuff consistently well all the time, and you shower them with praise. I mean, don't, don't be the one, I mean, like the husband, like, did help with dishes for seven years, and, and the wife never said a thing, starts not helping with dishes. She says, why don't you help me with dishes anymore? I did it for seven years. You didn't even say thank you. You didn't even notice. Now I don't even care if the eggs are dry on the plate. I'll just eat around them. So encourage them. Because if you like them dishes being helped, you, you got to encourage them. Amen? If he mows a good yard, tell him he mows a good yard. All right? If she keeps a clean house and you love walking home and it smells good, smells like home, and you love those candles even though you wouldn't buy them, then dadgum tell her. All right? Because people need to know and need to be encouraged when they're doing the right thing. Man, that's going to add so much to people. So much to people. I know you're like me in this. When you sit with the Father and you're in the presence of the Lord, and it's thick, just you and God. And you hear in your spirit your father say this, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. That'll spur you on to years more good choices in listening to the father. See, we sometimes tag that verse on when it's all over. Oh, they died. Well done. What? That's depressing. Why, why not say, well done, when they're living? The Father says it to you if you listen. The Father is saying to you, well done. We need to say to others, well done. Because it'll spur them on. It'll spur them on. Number three, we've got to encourage people when they seem to be unfocused, confused, are unmotivated. Mm, boy, you see that. They're not, they're, they're not in a real hard time. It's not like a struggle. It's not like a discouragement necessarily. They're just a little bit unfocused. They're just a little bit confused. And they're just a little bit unmotivated. And let, me, let me ask you this. How many of you in the room, you don't have to raise your hand necessarily, and I hope you don't get nudged, but, but how many of you have found yourself in a rut? just in a rut, just kind of stuck. You're not bad. It's not good. It's just a rut. And you can't seem to get traction. You can't seem to get going. You can't seem to motivate yourself to move. And you're just kind of stuck. You get that way. I get that way. I've been there, probably be there again. Don't want to, but you get that way. Here's some areas. How about stuck in a rut physically? That's a cool treadmill, but it's just decorated with sweaters. <laughs> it will do what they say it'll do, but it needs to have you to do it, all right? You just kind of stuck physically. You're motivated by the commercial. You're just not motivated in the recliner, amen? You're motivated to get up in the morning because you know it'll make a difference, but gosh, that bed feels good in the cold. You don't want to get up. You're stuck. I find that if you work out alone, you find ruts a lot, okay? You need somebody to knock on your door at 6 a.m. and say, dude, I've been texting you. I thought we were going for a run. Try, go try to find your shoes, okay, and go, all right? You need help, okay? You're in a rut emotionally. You can be stuck emotionally. 
can be stuck emotionally. You can be stuck kind of stinking thinking. You know, it's, it's true in life that you need to flush. It's true in your mind that you need to flush. You teach your kids, you finish, you flush. Too many opportunities without flushing can cause someone to never, ever go in that room, okay? You need to flush, okay? This is not a gas station on the interstate, okay? Flush the thing, okay? Flush your mind because if not, you're going to keep speaking out of that junk. And emotionally, you can get stuck and you need someone to help you in that rut. Vocationally, you may be here today stuck vocationally. You're just stuck, you know you're stuck. You need a brother or sister to come up beside you to help you in that rut, pray through this, spur you on, give you courage, push you a little bit, make you do what you know you should do, but you won't do without them. You can be stuck. Spiritually, you can be stuck spiritually. You can be stuck in a rut spiritually. You're not growing, but you say, I'm not declining. I say, well, well how you doing, man? Good. How you doing spiritually? kind of stuck. Here's the bad part about spiritual stuff. You're never really stuck. You're either going up or you're going down. So even though you think you're stuck, reality is you're probably not stuck. You're probably in a decline. You need somebody to help you go back up. And if you stay there too long, I'm telling you right now, it's a dangerous place to be. If you stay stuck too long, Bad decisions will follow people stuck in ruts. Happens every time. I promise you the person would not intentionally do that, and that's not that person. But if you stay stuck in a rut too long, and you hover too long, or you stay in that, that, that spot too long, you will make a bad choice out of that bad rut. You will. How about stuck financially? You can be stuck in a rut financially. You need a brother or sister that you can come up beside you and help you when you're stuck financially. I'm not talking about a handout. I'm talking about a handout. I'm talking about somebody that will help you so that you don't have to go there again. Sometimes we need that. In relational, in relationships, you can be stuck relationally in a, in a, in, in, in a situation. You can be stuck with someone. Here's the deal, though. If you get stuck in a relationship, you know that God tells us that we need to invest in other people. Sometimes, though, like we talked about in prefer one another, in the prefer one another, you, it, Jesus never asked you to be a doormat. And sometimes we prefer others, but they never prefer us. You can be stuck in a relationship and need somebody to come spur you on, push you on. Listen, we're not supposed to be Jesus, okay? Jesus you, you're called to be like him, but he is the fountain. He is the water. You're not the fountain or the water. You can bring them to the water. You can bring them to the fountain, but you need to push them towards Jesus. Don't make them dependent upon you. Make them dependent upon the king. They'll suck you dry. You'll, you'll flip. They'll be good, and you'll be in the rut. Y'all just start taking turns, all right? That's unhealthy. Push people to Jesus. Teach them how to drink water, and they'll drink that water. Then they'll serve that water to someone else. If all you're going to do is hand them water, they'll never know where it came from. Show them the fountain and the water, then they'll go back to the fountain. You're not their fountain. He's their fountain. He's the fountain. Ephesians 4, 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How many people benefit when they listen to you? You said, but Jeff, that's way off sides. You meddling now. No, I'm saying, how many of us, in the words that we speak to others, it's a benefit to them? How much, how much building up do we do of other people? Listen, it's a sad day when people have to go to someone else to get built up because they live with you. We need to be a people that builds people up. And we need to have the words that benefit people. There's enough words out there that don't benefit people. Why in the world does the church want to walk like that? Listen, the big corporate church needs to be a place where people are built up. And the little church, as we move outside this big church, needs to be people that build each other up and that our words benefit them. Some of us are not in a place in our walk with the Lord to build anybody up. Some of us in here need to get there first because there are people around us that need a word from the Lord, that need to be built up, need to be benefit from our words. But we can't do it right now because where we are. If you're sick, go see the physician, get well, and go give the medicine to make people well. We need to encourage people that are unfocused confused or unmotivated. Last thing is this. We need to encourage people when they're not living out of their identity. Mm. See, if you're here today and you're a born-again child of the Lord, if there's been a day in your life that you've been born again, saved and baptized, then your identity, as Scripture tells us, is in Christ. Because you're in Christ, you are a new creation. You have a new identity, okay? You, you're, you're not of this world, but you live in this world. And you've got to live out of the authority that the Father has put in you. And you have a new identity. You are a new person, and you're born to live out of that identity. If, 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 if you live out of improper identities, you're going to have an improper life. You can't live out of new house, bigger house, bigger yard, new job, more money, bigger truck, bigger truck than the big truck, and a bigger, bigger truck than the big, big truck. You can't live out of all that stuff. Why? You'll never catch that feather in the West Texas wind. You got to live out of your identity that is in Christ. You got to live out of who you are that Jesus says. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us. That's the church. Consider how we spur, may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How we might spur one another on towards love and de good deeds. Now, we still live out here in the Texas Panhandle in West Texas. And any given day, you can walk in that pack of stack right there, and you'll see cowboys. I mean, real cowboys. Walk in with spurs on. And they got mud on them spurs. And they're getting mud all over Pakistan, and that's okay because the manager needs something to do. So they're walking in there. Now, they, they wear those spurs for one reason and one reason only. Because every once in a while, when they're out there, they got to spur that horse. They don't want to spur that horse, and that horse don't want to get spurred. But every once in a while, they got to spur that horse. Now, listen to me. Every once in a while in our lives, 
We need a little spur. We need somebody or the Father to spur us. I had a situation happen to me where I got spurred. And when you get spurred, you can react only two ways. You can react the wrong way, or you can take that spur like a champ. All right? So my wife and I had a conversation, as many wives and husbands have. And in this conversation in the vehicle, early in that day, we talked about that evening doing communion together in our home over a situation. And so we got home, we unpacked, we chill out, uh, I shower, I sit in my recliner, and I start watching the baseball playoffs, having popcorn and some milk duds, all right? And so I get tired, and I get ready to go to bed. And so I begin to go to bed, and Melissa's coming behind me. And so she gets in bed and says, I thought we were going to do what we said we were going to do. Now, right then, the bed begins to start taking a different feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not there yet, but you're like, hmm, not going to be good. So my wife, who is sweet as a day is long, says to me, I wish you would lead the house like you lead the church. I just kind of felt like a horse with some spurs <laughs> in the side. Now, there's a lot in me that wanted to talk. But I, fortunately, for the love of Jesus, I had more Holy Spirit than I had Jeff at that moment. And I just pulled the covers back and I got out. And I walked to the living room. And the whole way, I'm not happy. Because I was beginning to justify the way I've led my home and the way I've led the church. And I thought that was offsides. And so I stood there. And as I stewed and had conversation with the Father, I heard God say through his Holy Spirit, she was right. And she was correct in what she said. Hmm. And so I tried to have a conversation with God, which is good luck. So <laughs> he just kept saying, I know you didn't like the way that mail was delivered because you didn't think there was any love in that. But that was love. That was truth in love. And you need to receive it. And about that time, I hear a little feet pattering in the floor. And I'm standing there, I have my back to her. And so I turn around, and, and she says, I love you, and I'm sorry. That was hard. I said that kind of hard. I said, no, 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 no. I forgive you. It was beautiful. You said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. And the Holy Spirit said, I need to receive that. You see, sometimes, friends, we love encouragement. But sometimes we need to hear Truth in love. And I'm going to tell you something. At the moment of truth, when it lands, 
It may not feel like love. It may not. I can pretty much tell you it probably won't. But what you have got to do is this. You cannot talk when mail's delivered. You've got to let the Holy Spirit have that. You've got to take that. And you've got to let the Holy Spirit decide if it sticks. If the Holy Spirit sticks it on you, it came down from the Father. If the Holy Spirit lets it run off water like a duck's butt, then it ain't from, it ain't from the Father. Let it go. But do not ignore every time. Do not just blow it off and say, that's not me. Your haughty, cocky pride is going to cost you. You receive the word, even if it's given out of love, and you ask the Father through his Holy Spirit to stick it if it's true or let it run off if it's not. And my sweet wife spoke a word. She was right on. I didn't want to hear it. I even tried to give it back, tried to <laughs> not want it. I didn't want it. But when I asked the Father about the word, it stuck. And he said, you need to receive that. She's right. Encouragement is a fun topic. But sometimes encouragement will, 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 will absolutely cause you to encourage in a way that's tough, that you may be on the, the giving end of love or truth with love, truth and love. Sometimes you may be on the receiving end of truth and love. But every time, my friends, every time, you make sure that the Holy Spirit's the one giving it and the Holy Spirit's the one that lets it stick if it needs to stick. We need to be a church to encourage and build up. And sometimes it's through a tough word. But if we'll let God have it and deal with it that way, he'll make us more like him on the other side of that. As we move to a time of uh, altar call, I'm going to invite the worship team, if you would, to come on back up. If you're on the ministry team this morning, I want to invite you to come Here's the only question I have for you this morning. We have gathered in his name for worship, and we've gathered in his name and his word. And Jesus says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I know if we gather, he speaks. And I believe he spoke today. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke. So here's the question for the church. What did the Holy Spirit say to you today? What did the Holy Spirit say to you today? I'm going to pray for us in a little bit. Then we're going to stand and we're going to worship. And I want you to respond, not to what I said, not to a song that we sing, but I want you to respond to the king. And if the Holy Spirit says, do this, do this. You be obedient to the Father. It may be about church membership. You come. It may be about needing prayer as a couple, needing prayer at the altar as a couple. Come. You may be facing something this week, surgery or something else, and you want somebody to partner with you, agree with you, and pray for you, you come. But the Holy Spirit today is who you listen to, and the Holy Spirit today is who you obey. For on the other side of obedience, church, you will always be blessed. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. God, help us respond this morning to the Holy Spirit's leading to your word, Father, and only your word, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.